Welcome to the CCF Iowa podcast. Hey there, and welcome back to the CCF Iowa podcast. I want to give you a forewarning here right off the bat that this episode is going to be a little bit different than a lot of the things that we've done. And if this is normally something that you listen to while while driving or while multitasking, uh, this is probably not the episode that you can do that. This episode is going to take some time. It's going to take some consideration. It's going to take uh, a little bit of effort. It's going to take a little bit of conscious listening and constant observing. So um, if just do whatever you need to do to get yourself comfortable and in a place uh, to listen to this episode. We're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 3 this week. And as I was preparing this message, as I was preparing the things to say to you, the things that God wanted me to say to you, I, I didn't necessarily feel God calling me to say anything, but rather I felt God calling us to respond to him. So I'm going to read to you a little bit of this chapter. I'm going to give a couple of thoughts as I as I go through this, but then we're going to do something that's maybe a little bit different, maybe something you've never experienced before. Second Timothy chapter 3 starts off saying this, but understand this, that in the last days there will, be, there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with self-conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. Now, the way that preachers often refer to this passage is it sounds a lot like today, doesn't it? And sometimes that's true. And I think right now it's true more than ever. I mean, I think there's a lot of evil in the world. And I think there's a lot of things that we could be doing better. I think there is a lot of what we see in the world. But I've seen so much of this come up since the coronavirus pandemic started than I have in a long time. This truly, the the title for this says godlessness in the last days and truly this seems like godlessness to me and frankly 2020 seems kind of like the last days to me as well people will be lovers of self lovers of money proud arrogant abusive disobedient to their parents and grateful and holy heartless unappeasable slanderous without self-control brutal not loving good treacherous reckless swollen with conceit lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of good and lovers of god and they deny his power and it's do you guys remember, like, two months ago when nobody could get toilet paper because, like, three people went and bought out all the stores? Same thing with hand sanitizers. The two things that people probably needed the most in this pandemic. To this day, I still can't find rice. I can find some kinds of rice. I can find some flavored rice. I can find uh, some large mass quantities back, but I cannot find uh, just normal boxes of rice. It's really hard to find flour still. Meats are pretty plentiful where I'm at, but I know places that are practically completely out of stock. It's a, it's a really interesting time to be living in. Paul goes on and he, he writes a little bit later. He says, you, however, had followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions, my sufferings that happened to me in Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions 
I endured yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Now, if this sounds a little bit familiar to you, it's because it is a little bit familiar thematically to 1 Corinthians where Paul is saying that you should imitate me as I imitate Christ. Paul is saying you have done this. You have followed the things that I have followed in Christ. And so you should continue to do so. Then verse 12 comes. Indeed, all those who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. See, the Bible, one of the things that people often get wrong about the Bible is that it never says that people who listen to the Bible and follow Jesus are going to have good lives. Rather, right here, it says the opposite. If you choose to follow Jesus, you will be persecuted. If you choose to follow Jesus, life does not just get easier. We have a word for in, in Christian culture of of people who preach this message of people that say that if you believe in Jesus, then you're going to be healthy and wealthy. We call it the prosperity gospel, and it's because it is the gospel of prosperity. It's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's just not at all what any part of the Bible has said. Nowhere at all does it say that if you have, if you follow Jesus, that you will be successful in this life. No, it's just that you will have eternal life. Verse 13 and 14 really hit me hard. It says, While evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceased, as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. He goes on, he says, And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is God is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. See, there's two parts to this. Verse 13 and 14 is an encouragement to persist. Paul is saying, continue what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it. And 15 and 7, I think, is the answer for how we're supposed to do that. Because Paul is talking about Scripture. And to Paul, Scripture is just the Old Testament. That's the, that's the only thing, because a lot of the books haven't been written or just letters being passed around yet. There is no such thing as a New Testament in Paul's time. It's being created, but they didn't know that they're creating this New Testament. They just thought that they were sending letters and encouraging one another. So, so all Scripture is, is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching and reproof, correction, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Paul is talking about the New Testament, the Old Testament here, but we take the New Testament to be Scripture as well. That means that this Second Timothy is also Scripture. And I think in this time of godlessness, I think we need a little bit more God time. I think we need a little bit more Scripture in our lives. So what I want to do is potentially introduce you to a way that we can pray through Scripture. It's a traditionally Catholic practice, and it's called Lectio Divina. Now, Lectio Divina is itself a Latin word, and the Latin means sacred reading or divine reading. And that's the idea of this, is we want to take what is a sacred reading and we want to read it in a sacred way. And so there's four steps to Lectio Divina. Each time I'm going to read a passage of scripture and the passage of scripture that I've picked out is from Revelation 21. Now it seems fitting if we're talking about the end times that we should talk about Revelation as well, but this passage to me is one that is very hopeful and one that is very inspiring. And 
when I think of the world, I think we need a little bit more hope. So I chose this passage for that reason. And this is going to be a little bit interesting to do this via this format. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to, there's four movements for this. In each movement, I'm going to read Revelation 21 verses 1 through 7. But what, each time I will give you specific guides. The first step is Lectio, which simply means read. And I'm going to walk you through that when we get there. And then the second one is Meditatio, which you guessed it means meditate. And so when we get to meditatio, I'm going to give you some instructions on what to do. But then after that, we're going to do contemplatio. Again, probably guessed it, means contemplate. I'm going to give you some specific instructions to walk through with that. And finally, we're going to end up with oratio, which translates to speak. And we're going to do a little bit of thing with that. So this is going to be a little bit weird. There's going to be a lot of dead air, I promise. It's not an audio issue, it's an intentional issue because I want you to spend some time with the word. This episode in length may be a little bit longer than the ones that we've been doing, but a lot of it is going to be dead space. And I'm going to give you some prompts as I read these. And what I want you to do is to just take some time and really absorb this scripture. So if you are, if you took my advice and you're not listening to this while riding in a car or something, if you're really taking the time to intentionally listen to this, then what I want you to do is find a, something that just makes you comfortable. Lay down on, on the couch. Maybe sit up on a couch. Get into bed. Um, put on a different pair of pants. Anything that makes you feel comfortable. I want you to turn your phone screen upside down so you don't get bothered by distractions. If there's any other screens that are on, go ahead and turn those off. Just... Free your mind and just be willing to sit for a minute. All right. Now I'm going to read these. And I encourage you to close your eyes and just reflect. So we're going to start here with Lectio. Lectio, again, means read. And what I want you to do as I read this passage is simply listen. But when I say listen, what I don't mean is hear. There's a difference between hearing and listening. And hearing is simply absorbing the information that is coming but not necessarily retaining it. Listening means truly absorbing it. Listening means taking to heart what is happening. Listening means paying attention to the words. Hearing is like skimming a conversation, skimming text. Listening is actually taking the time to read every single word and figure out just what is going on. So that's all I want you to do while I read this. And there's going to be a couple minutes of air, or dead air, and then I'm going to resume with meditatio. But Revelation 21 says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as the bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, the home of God is among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order has passed away. And God, seated on the throne, said, Behold, I am making all things new. Then he said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. 
Those who overcome will inherit these things, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. If you need to take more time, go ahead and pause, but I'm going to resume with meditatio. What I want you to do during this section as I read it is find a word or a phrase that is really calling out to you. Find something that is speaking to you in a way that only God can. Find something that feels divinely inspired specifically for you right in this moment. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as the bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, the home of God is among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order has passed away. And God, seated on the throne, said, Behold, I am making all things new. Then he said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. It is done. I and the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Those who overcome will inherit these things, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Now, I assume you have found that word or phrase that sticks out to you. And if you don't, then maybe rewind, maybe listen again, maybe keep searching. But what I want you to do is I want you to write down that word or phrase, or I want you to say it out loud. Go ahead. I don't care who's around you. I don't care what your situation is. I want you to either write it down or to say it out loud. To me, the thing that sticks out is he will wipe every tear from their eyes. I have this image of a child who has scraped their knee or something minor and is crying and just wants the pain to stop and along comes this father figure and he bends down on one knee and he wipes away the tear from their eyes and suddenly everything is okay and that's the most powerful image that I get from this text and it's a great reminder that right now there are tears and there is hurt and there is pain and we don't ignore that but we're comforted knowing that we have a father who is going to take a knee And take the time to wipe the tears from each of our eyes. Now I'm going to read this passage one more time during this meditatio section. And what I want you to do is is listen to the whole passage in light of that word or phrase that you have. 
Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as the bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, the home of God is among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order has passed away. And God, seated on the throne, said, Behold, I am making all things new. Then he said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Those who overcome will inherit these things, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. I hope that as I read that, that last time, that something spoke to you in a new way because of that word or phrase that you had in mind as I was reading that passage. And if you need more time, feel free to pause. But we're going to move on with contemplatio right now. Contemplation. And what I want you to do as I read through this passage again is I want you to think about that word or phrase and the thing that stuck out to you. And I want you to ask yourself the question, what is God trying to say to me? What is God trying to teach me through this passage? What is God placing on my heart? What is God speaking to me? What is God saying to me? Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, the home of God is among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order has passed away. And God seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Then he said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Those who overcome will inherit these things, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. If you need more time, feel free to hit that pause button. But we're going to move on to the very last section of Lectio Divina, and that's that oratio, that speak. And this is a different kind of speak than what we've heard last time, because the last one is, what is God saying to me? This one is a speak in a matter of what can I, how can I respond? What can I say to God in response? What commitment can I make that is a commitment between me and God? What is something that God is calling me to do that I can now specifically say and respond to his word and to his message to me? So I want you to think about that. What, 
What is the thing that God is asking me to respond with? And I want you to make that commitment. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, the home of God is among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order has passed away. And God, seated on the throne, said, Behold, I am making all things new. Then he said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Those who overcome will inherit these things, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. I hope that God has put something on your heart today. I hope that he has given you something to think about. I hope that he's given you a message of hope. I hope that he's given you uh, a duty. I hope that you had a really good conversation with God through, through scripture. And I hope that you hold true to your commitment. Now, your commitment is just between you and God, but... One of the things that the church should do the best is accountability. And I think it's something that we have such a great opportunity to do. So you have total freedom to keep this conversation between you and God to yourself. But what I want to challenge you to do is I want you to tell somebody. Tell your significant other. Tell your best friend. Tell your pastor, your minister. Heck, even email us. Send it to ccf.uiowa at gmail.com. Pick somebody that you know when you send that commitment that they are going to hold you to it. Or at least have the ability to hold it, hold you to it. And for the person that you do tell, if you choose to do that, make them hold you to it. Make them follow up with you on a regular basis. At least for a couple of weeks or until your conversation and your commitment to God has reached a, a conclusion or a step forward or whatever that commitment between you and God was. And so find somebody that you know will ask you, hey, how have you been doing with that? Because here's the thing that I most fully and firmly believe about Scripture, that Scripture is not just meant for me. It's not just meant for you. Scripture is not meant for us to keep it to ourselves, but it's meant for us to share with others. And so is our experiences with God. And so through this process, 
We invite others into scripture. We invite others into God's story. We invite others to help us live our lives in part of God's story. And so I leave you with that challenge. So go and be with God. Go and be the church. Hey, thanks for spending time with us today. If you have any questions about what you heard or any interest in learning more about CCF in Iowa, then please email us at ccf.uiowa at gmail.com and we would love to get you connected.